0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. Hey, it's Mandy, and thanks for tuning in to today's show. When I'm looking for guests to bring on the podcast, I'm always on the lookout for unique stories from equestrian entrepreneurs who are doing things to set themselves apart from others in the industry. The particular entrepreneur who's joining me on today's episode is the youngest guest we've ever had on the show at only 20 years old. Now, the reason her story stood out to me was because I was once that ambitious 20-year-old, working hard to get my start in the horse world, and I know a little bit about what that's like. And it's not always easy. Today, you're going to meet Diana Bezdidano from Massachusetts, who happens to be the youngest certified equine facilitated learning practitioner through the Heard Institute. She joins me to have a candid and inspiring conversation about starting a business as a young entrepreneur something that requires a lot of maturity, hard work, and dedication. She's certainly dealt with her fair share of questioning from others who have been skeptical of her abilities due to her age, but I think you'll discover Diana to be well-spoken and very serious about running her horse business. She shares her story about overcoming obstacles and what she's already been learning along the way. Here's Diana Bezdedano. Welcome to the podcast, Diana. I'm excited to have you here. And I know we've been talking a lot online for quite some time. So it's great to have a conversation with you here today. Thank you so much for having me here, Mandy. Well, thanks for being here. So I wanted to talk with you because you have a unique story we haven't really brought to the podcast yet and a topic that I'm passionate about, but I haven't really addressed in a while, mostly because I've started to uh, age out of this a little bit. But (laughs) the topic today is being a young entrepreneur. Now, I know you're 20 years old. You're 20, right? Yeah, Yeah, you're 20 years old. I'm in my early 30s now. But I was once a very young entrepreneur like you. And it's something I'm definitely passionate about. But like I said, I've kind of started to get a little bit older. So it's not something that comes up as much as it used to in this space. But... I get very excited when I see other young people doing really cool things especially in the horse industry.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think like you said it's not something that is often talked about a lot, but you know, everyone starts somewhere and everyone has been there at some point even if it's been a little bit of time. So I think it's good, you know, for those who might be a little bit older to kind of reflect back and see a different side of things.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about this. Let's dig in and talk a little bit about what it's like starting a business as a young entrepreneur. When I was around your age, I know there were a lot of pros and cons to being in that age bracket because I felt like people either loved you and like really supported you or they were like, "Mm, you're too young. (laughs) And I encountered that a lot as a young entrepreneur. So let's start first with, I'd love to hear from you. First, what is your business? What are you passionate about and what are you pursuing right now? Okay, so my
1: business Horses Offering People Education is a equine facilitated learning and wellness business. So, I believe that the relationship between horses and humans can be developed well beyond the saddle. You know, I I enjoy taking riding lessons as much as everyone. I love a good trail ride. But some of my best moments with horses have just been observing them in their natural habitat, hanging out with them in your stall. So that's essentially what I do with my clients. They don't take traditional riding lessons, but they come and they have a really authentic experience with an animal that's 10 times their size, which for many people can be (laughs) very intimidating and strange and they often ask okay but when are we going to ride the horses and then you tell them never and then you know (laughs) after after a couple sessions they stop asking that because they're like okay there's so much more to these horses than just i have to ride them you know i think that's all people are used to from movies and media but there is another side to these animals you know they're not just like
0: tools for transportation (laughs) oh for sure And you're so right about the intimidation factor of when someone's not accustomed to being around a horse. I think to you and I, it's very natural. We don't really think twice about being near horses because it's something we've been doing for a long time. But I remember when I introduced my husband to my horse, he to this day will tell everyone that he is terrified of horses. And it's so funny because I throw him in these different photo shoots and I'm like, no, you need to hold my horse. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like for us, it's something that's natural, but it doesn't come like that to everybody else. Yeah, no, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about how you are running this as a business because we I'm hearing from you, you know, what you're passionate about and what you're doing. How did you decide that this was something that you wanted to pursue into developing into a business and potentially make money from?
1: So when I was in high school, I started volunteering at a local therapeutic horseback riding center for people who had physical disabilities. And it was a really great opportunity to see horses in a little bit of a different aspect because these people were not learning Traditional riding skills like walk, trot, canter, but rather they were learning, you know, social skills on horseback or they were learning how to regulate their emotions, you know, through games. And I kind of fell in love with it. And at the time I thought that I maybe wanted to be a therapeutic horseback riding instructor. And actually I graduated high school (laughs) um, in the middle of COVID in May of 2020 and I was set to go to Colorado State to major in equine science with a specialization in therapeutic horsemanship. But then I decided that I was going to take a gap year because things were just crazy and I couldn't imagine moving all the way across the country with everything going on. So when I was home, I sort of seized every opportunity to do hands on work with horses to prep myself for eventually going out West. I, you know, I interned with other therapeutic Riding facilities, but there was one program that I ended up interning at who offered like a really unique approach to horsemanship, which was all unmounted. And when I got there, I was very skeptical of the whole process. To me, it sounded very woo woo and, you know, connecting with the horse through nature. And I was like, man, this does not sound like a good fit. Like there's, (laughs) there seems to be a lot of, you know, questions in my mind on how this was going to work, but. I fell in love with it. And then I said, that's what I want to do. I don't want to teach, but I want to create these experiences for people because I saw like the fact that these horses would have on them week after week, but they weren't riding them. And so then I kind of explored that option.
0: So what did that look like for you when you were doing this internship? Were you out like every day with these horses? How long was this internship? Kind of describe what that process looked like.
1: No, um, I wish it was every day. So she, her barn was actually 45 minutes from me. And it was the middle of winter here in New England. So I actually only went for about a month before the storms kicked up. And I would go for like a couple hours at a time and sit through several sessions. And it was interesting to me because this woman that I interned with, she worked with I think 13 was her, you know, kind of starting age for the program. So we had, you know, someone that would come in that was, you know, a young adult and then her next client would be a middle-aged woman and then her next client would be, you know, somebody in their early 20s. So it was really interesting to me because I was like, wow, this is something that appeals to really any age, any gender, like there's no limit for it. You know, I feel like a lot of times with traditional riding lessons, you mainly see you know either kids or you see a lot of older adults. There's really n- not a lot in between, and if there is, you know, it's very much like it's either a kid-focused program or an adult-focused program. It's it's not you know kind of mixed. You know, every lesson being different. So that was really interesting for me too to kind of see the different personalities of all the clients.
0: Mm, that's very interesting. Well, one thing that you've mentioned to me is that you are the youngest certified equine-facilitated practitioner through the Herd Institute. So how did that all come about with the certification?
1: So I contacted the Herd Institute after I did my internship with this woman who was certified through them as well. And I said, I'm really interested in taking your course. But I see on your website that the minimum age to like fill out the application is 21. And I'm only 19. And so they called me. And I had a conversation with the program manager. And she said, you know, she asked me about my experience. And I had told her that I had interned with one of their graduates. And she asked for references and all that. And after that conversation, she said, Okay, I can't promise anything. But let me talk to our executive director. And let me see what we can come up with. And so I for sure was like, there's no way these people are going to let me in the program because I'm not that, you know, magical number. So I'm just going to wait two more years and then I'll kind of get started on this journey and at that point I knew that I probably would not go to Colorado State at all. So I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do for two years, but I'll just figure it out. And then probably less than a week later, they contacted me and they were like, "You're in. You can start in September." Um, I contacted them in July of 2021 and i was shocked <laughs> and they had you know some additional criteria for me they said you know because you're coming in a little bit younger we wanted to have you do a couple additional mentoring sessions and if at any point during the program we feel that you know it's time to kind of take a pause and revisit it later we will do that and we'll just be really communicative with each other and that did not happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how did, how did it go? I think we sort of surprised each other, you know, going in there. They knew that I had sort of the background in the equine assisted services field through working at all these different therapeutic writing organizations. I had done this internship at one of their graduates facilities, you know, so they knew I had sort of the like textbook knowledge. It was just, you know, how can I apply the knowledge? And I felt that like, With doing my internship, I had almost an advantage to most of my classmates because when I went for my in-person practicum, you know, I already kind of knew how these sessions would run because I had seen them in action. It was just, you know, it was a really surreal moment for me because I was sort of shifting from like shadowing to actually facilitating the sessions. And actually, the woman that I interned with was a faculty in training at my in-person practicum. So she got to come and watch me certify. So it felt very full circle.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I really want to dig into what this has been like, not just for you, but for the people around you. And maybe some of the things that you've heard from people in your life. I know when I was uh, around the same age, like I said earlier, people were either all for me, or they just were very skeptical. So as you went through this process and you did your certification, what were some of the comments that you heard from others as you were going through all of this?
1: I definitely heard both sides, of it. for the most part, people were very supportive, you know, people that I had volunteered with, my family was very supportive, you know, that I had chosen this untraditional path. My parents have always said to my brother and I, who's a year older than me, you know, they said, you know, if you want to... Be a mailman, be a garbage truck driver. You know, you can do anything you want to do. You know, as long as it's something that you're passionate about and you put in the work. And yeah, you know, you can you can do whatever you want to do. So it wasn't like they needed that you know degree hanging in the wall (laughs) of our house to make them proud. They just wanted us to be happy in whatever we chose. So that was sort of the main thing. And then yeah, most. Friends and whatnot. Um, I think that was probably the hardest part. You know, a lot of people really didn't understand what I was doing because I had a couple of friends that had taken a gap year as well or a gap semester. But sort of the first question I get from people my own age is, Oh, what school do you go to? What's your major? And then I have to kind of explain, like, that's not applicable to me. But for most older adults, it's like, Oh, that's wonderful. Or I wish I had found what I wanted to do so early in life, or I wish I had that passion, that spark. You know, anyone that knows me knows that if I'm talking about what I'm doing, like, my face lights up. So (laughs) um, I think that, you know, for the most part, it's been pretty well received. But there's been a couple people who have been like, so are you taking business classes? Um, You know, you should definitely look into this college and take a couple courses, or they'll send me They'll send me um, course listings.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it funny how that happens? It's interesting to see how young entrepreneurship is perceived by different audiences. Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, And that's not to say, like, I always tell people that I really value education, but I think that education comes in different forms. So, yeah, I didn't go to a traditional four year school to get a bachelor's degree, but I hand selected. A certification program that took me nine months to complete that had online modules, that had an in person practicum. I did a lot of research and kind of weighed a lot of different organizations against each other because there's a lot out there. But the reason that I had chosen the Heard Institute was because of their commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I felt like that really applied to me because, you know, I was coming in as a younger, you know, person in the industry. And they, from day one, really didn't have any issue with it. Whereas I had gotten emails back from other certifying institutions that said, look, your experience sounds great. Call us in two years, you know, and wouldn't take a second look at me because of the numbers on my birth certificate.
0: Mm. I think that really says a lot about the Herd Institute. And I'm not super familiar with their program and what they do. But you know, hats off to them to being open minded and seeing and recognizing the talent and bringing you in. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, they're great. I also think the fact that from our initial conversation, which started via email, then by having somebody pick up the phone and actually call me and have a conversation, you know, that kind of showed a lot of character as well. Because it wasn't like they were one of these companies that doesn't have time to call you back and just send you kind of an automated email response. They picked up the phone and they really wanted to get to know me. (laughs) So that that really meant a lot. I think our first conversation was like an hour.
0: That's awesome. Well, again, hats off to them for being open-minded. That really says a lot about them as a brand and as a business. So moving forward for you, Diana, where do you see yourself going from here? Are there additional things that you want to learn and grow in in your business? Do you have some plans that you're working on right now? Tell me a little bit more.
1: Yes. So I received my certification in April of 2022. And I kind of assumed that I was going to, my certification, the in-person practicum was in Orlando, Florida. And I assumed that I was going to take the plane back to Massachusetts and get started right away. And I could not have been more wrong because, you know, I quickly realized that running a business is not just having the credentials or the drive or the passion. There's actually a lot of behind the scenes, networking, marketing, things like business cards, a website, insurance is a really big thing, especially for those of us in the horse industry. And all that stuff takes time. Um, So I kind of got home and quickly dove into all the behind the scenes stuff that no one really loves to talk about. Um, (laughs) Calling the insurance companies and, you know, I made my website myself because I have a website design experience but you know revising my website and trying to come up with some sort of business plan which quickly got changed and it changes you know constantly based on different things really like i said running a business is is so much more than just having the desire to do it there's a lot of work involved i like to tell people that as small business owners we do not work 9 to 5 we work Probably more like 24 365 days a year. Because if we're not physically working on our business, we're thinking about it. We're networking with other people. We're trying to problem solve things that came up during the day. We're writing emails, phone calls, ordering merchandise, all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a never-ending process, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> What are some of the key takeaways that you feel like you learned both through the certification and getting your business up and running now? What would you say some of the key learnings were that you've experienced to date?
1: I think a really big one for me that kind of also shaped my journey was in May of 2022, we discovered that my heart force, a 4-year-old off-the-track thoroughbred who had been with us, um, we had purchased her last July, so a little less than a year, we discovered after the vet did some back x rays that she had severe kissing spine, to the point where, you know, surgery was not an option for her at this time. And it was like, okay, what do you want to do with her? And, you know, I had already decided this is it was my first tours, she was always gonna have a forever home with us. You know, I I had ridden her a couple of times, but to be honest, like it never felt right. Like working on the ground with her was always where our connection started and and really grew. So I was like, eventually, I would like you to be part of the program. And she kind of became like the face behind my program, you know, the reason behind what I do, because I physically have this nod ridden equine that I think a lot of horse owners would be like, okay, well, like, what's her job? Well, her job is eventually going to be, you know, helping my clients learn about like the partnership between horses and humans. And currently her job is she's a companion pony to our 17 year old off the track thoroughbred who's a therapy horse. So that was a really big turning point in my business as well. Cause. Um, if you had asked me, you know all the places that I worked at had these really saintly ponies and minis and donkeys, and I was like, that's gonna be my program. I'm gonna have these like amazing like sweet tempered animals, but I have this like sassy chestnut mare, so I had to kind of refocus my business around her, but you know couldn't be more grateful,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, she sounds awesome. I know you've been telling me a little bit about her, so I'm glad that she will have a job with you and with running your business, and what's better than actually working with your horse and making money doing it. I think that's great, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she helps pay her board <laughs> oh good that's a that's a benefit too <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any advice for other young entrepreneurs your age, or maybe even to parents who might be listening who have kids that are around your age, you know, 20, 21 that are maybe interested in starting a business, but haven't quite landed on what they want to do yet?
1: I think my biggest piece of advice would be to seize any opportunity you have to, you know, dip your toes into whatever field you're interested in you know, whether that's horse related or non horse related. I think personally, if you want to run a business, hands on work is your best bet of like, how you're going to learn very quickly, how you are going to know if it's something you really, really want to do. And just working with as many different people as possible. You know, I was very fortunate to have a lot of different mentors throughout high school who helped shape, you know, what I wanted to do ultimately. And they all sort of came into my life for a reason. Some, you know, made more of an impact than others. But I think just taking advantage of any opportunity that comes your way, you have to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think I would echo that and say, don't be afraid to try something before you go full out, you know, give it a shot and see if it's for you. And I think what you're saying is a really good example of that, how you got the hands-on experience and you knew it was what you wanted to do and then you pursued it. And that won't be the case for everyone, I'm sure. I actually, fun fact, I actually volunteered at the New England Aquarium, (laughs) which is (laughs) out closer to you now than it is to me since I've moved. But I volunteered there for a year because I thought maybe I would want to be an aquarist. And it turned out I didn't actually want to do that as a career, but it was a nice little opportunity to go experiment with it for a little bit. So I, I think if I were to add anything to that, like don't be afraid to go out and just test something out and see if it's the right fit for you. And if it's not, just move on and try something different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the other thing would just be a big part of business, as I'm sure you know, <laughs> is networking. So finding, you know, people that you can connect with and network with. Can be a really powerful thing because as we all know, word of mouth is going to be your biggest, hopefully your biggest source of income. That's the goal, right? To have all your clients come well recommended, you know? So like the woman that did my business cards, she actually came from a recommendation from your Facebook group for horse business entrepreneurs, Mandy, from another equine business entrepreneur. Who had used her. So, you know, just leaning on the other people within your industry or just in business in general to help you out.
0: Such great advice. Those relationships can definitely go a really long way and open doors for you. So, Diana, where can people go to connect with you on social media if they want to follow your journey and learn more about what it is that you do?
1: So you can connect with me on the Horses Offering People Education Facebook page, which is at Hope in Mass or in MA, because that is our official LLC name. <laughs> I do have a website and on both the website and the Facebook page, you'll find blog posts that frequently share updates about my entrepreneurship journey, my journey with my two horses business tips in general, (laughs) as well as, you know, just a lot of times recommendations for other wonderful equine businesses.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, I also want to give you kudos. You just mentioned that you have an LLC too. So I mean, if anyone's questioning if you are serious about this, I think the fact that you have an LLC, you've got your website up and running, You've done the work. You you were talking about insurance a little bit ago. You've got a good thing going. You're serious about this. And I really admire that about you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I am one of those people that wants everything done yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I expected to come home from my certification and instantly be running sessions, you know, and to kind of have to take a step back. And as one of my mentors from The Herd says, like be patient. You know, it'll it'll all come. Like it's not all going to come at once, but you know, it'll happen eventually. So, you know, the goal is to be up and running and very successful and see a lot of clients and eventually have a farm at home and run this out of my own place, but it's it's going to come with time, you know. So, I hope I'll be in this industry till I'm like
0: 95. <laughs> Well, Diana, thank you so much for sharing your story and your advice for other young entrepreneurs today. I'll be sure to link your social media and your website in the show notes. So folks, if you're interested in checking out what Diana does, take a look there. So Diana, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're a horse business owner or equestrian professional... I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation in our free online community just for you. The Leadline Facebook community is a great space to network, get advice, and even recommend guests you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show. You can become a member by visiting theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. And join the conversation today. I'm Mandy, and I'll see you next time.